Business Journal's SBJ Presents Podcast, sponsored by USA Track and Field, featuring industry experts, insight, and perspective on the issues impacting the business of sports. In this download, we'll explore how USA Track and Field transforms athletic achievement into career success. Joining us, USA Track and Field CEO Max Siegel, Aretha Thurmond, a four-time Olympian and Chief Athlete Services and International Teams at USA Track and Field, and Wallace Spearman, a two-time Olympian and USA Track and Field Associate Director of High Performance and Athlete Relations. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Max, I want to start with you. We hear that USA Track and Field is a governing body, but it's so much more than that, right? Absolutely. We provide oversight. We're the economic engine to support programs. We do training, whether it's coaches ed, officials recruiting. We have grassroots programs. We sanction over 6,000 events every single year. And then we have the privilege of selecting the international team that will compete at our world championships and Olympic Games. And in addition to everything that we see as consumers on television, world championships, Olympics, and there's a lot that happens behind the scenes, too. And I want you to maybe give us a preview of what you do to help athletes transition from their career on the track, on the field, to a career behind the scenes. Yeah, the wonderful thing about our organization is that we are incredibly diverse. We serve a population from youth throughout their life all the way to masters. And most, if not all, of our athletes that are Olympians have come through our grassroots pipeline. And so for us, it's really important to connect with the athletes when they're young to create lifelong connections to the sport and really coach them up and help with the development of our athletes as full people, future professionals. So we do a lot in terms of support, not just with their athletic career, but really trying to help them use that platform to build a network to explore career opportunities and think about the phase of their professional life beyond competition. Yeah, you've built a successful career yourself. Do you see yourself as a mentor or a role model for your athletes? Absolutely. I credit sports for pointing me in the right direction and being the support that I needed. There were people, whether they were my coaches, other parents, professionals that invested in me and showed me opportunities that I didn't even think were possible. And uh, I've never forgotten my journey. And I feel that it's a part of who I am. It's not just my responsibility, but I wake up every day to make sure that I am passing along whatever experience and knowledge I have, reaching back and really trying to mentor and prepare our next generation of leaders. Now, Aretha and Wallace, I want to bring you into the conversation. Aretha, start with you and ask what it was like, you know, during your competitive years in terms of thinking about the next stage. Were you even able to process that? Because I know you're so focused on world championships and Olympics, multiple Olympics in your case. Talk about what you were thinking at that time or were you about, you know, the next phase of your career? Yeah, I would say I was pretty dialed into competing 
And that really was my focus. And I really was just trying to figure out every year how to be a better athlete. I was involved in the sport, but it was not front of mind for me. Those were some fun conversations I got to have with Max while I was an athlete on the board about knowing how to take advantage of the opportunity while we have it, right? And I think that's one of the things we're trying to reach back and teach our athletes a lot too is while you have the platform, you need to use it. No question. And Wallace, how difficult is it to think about that next stage or that next step when you're still active, when you're still you know, at a very high level, I would imagine it's almost impossible to think about that next step. Yes, absolutely. So while you're competing, you really have to be selfish with your time. You have to be selfish with your presence. You have to be selfish with your mindset. Generally, you see people who diversify in some of those areas. And when you do, you see their performance start to waver. So you're almost taught not to think about those things. So extremely difficult when you take someone like Max, who has worked with the highest level of athletes across multiple sports, and he comes and asks you the question, what are you going to do next? What have you done? I remember that question. What have you done? And this is too much, but I was uh, selling cars. I was a gunsmith at the time. I was a cop. I was a coach. I had a radio show. I was doing all And he said, no, what do you want to do? And I didn't comprehend it. Literally, he had to sit me down and make me think about it. So it's really hard to break away from your sport, think about your future rather than the now, which was so important in your career, and just you know get locked in. Max, how do you integrate that conversation? I mean, how do you open the door to opening the door, right? I mean, it's got to be a tough conversation. Yeah, it is. I think you have to take an individual approach, but really be grounded in principles. I think you have to be authentic. And I think having the conversation, whether it changes stylistically, the effectiveness boils down to whether you're credible and whether the person that you're talking to trusts you and feel like you have their best interest at heart. And so for me, my approach has always been to really let my work speak for itself. I meet tons of skeptics, but I believe that, you know, over a period of time, people judge you based on how you act more so than what you say. Some people like a direct conversation. Some people like to ease into it over uh, time. But I think that the substance of the message is pretty consistent. The style might change depending on the personality of the athlete. Aretha, you participated in and were at a very high level for a long time, multiple Olympics. So maybe this was different for you, but at what point did you realize that you had to get serious about the next step, the next phase, the career, you know, beyond track and field? When did that reality really hit for you? I say the reality probably really hit when I became a mother. And there was that true reality, like as much as I want to do this for the rest of my life, the reality is probably not going to be able to do that. And so I was still fortunate to make two more Olympic teams after becoming a mom. But the reality hit that I do need to start to look at what does life look like after. And it wasn't after track. It was just after my career. And Wallace, for you, you mentioned a number of gigs that you had going. What was it that brought you back to this role today? Was it Max? And at what moment for you did you realize, hey, you know, this is my passion. I can actually monetize this, right? Uh, well, similar to Aretha, we have a volunteer organization within USA Track and Field. And so I served in that volunteer role from 2007 until 2022. 
I credit myself being here right now, honestly, solely to three people. The main one, honestly, is Max Siegel. The second one would be Renee Washington. And the third one would be Mike Conley. Those are my closest mentors. And for every bit of athleticism that I had, they have heightened my professionalism in this world more than I ever imagined that I could actually be able to reach. So on a daily basis, I get phone calls from the boss man over here and he's making sure schedules, finances, family, you know, you have to balance all these things. I turned pro at 19, so I learned how to be a professional athlete. So that man right there has definitely changed the course of my life. So I'm very grateful. That's great to hear. You go from being one of the fastest human beings on the planet to being a regular person. What was that like? Kind of stinks to start over again, if I'm being honest. <laughs> you work to be, that's one thing I'll say was very difficult for me. It was really challenging. I worked my whole life to be the best I could possibly be, to be the most efficient, to be the most disciplined. And it seemed like in the workforce, there was just this, people just, they just go through the motions. I had no desire to do that, none whatsoever. So knowing that we we're going to come in and we we're going to start semi at the bottom because people in our realm and track and field, they view you as just an athlete. So going to reestablish yourself, it had been so long since I had to do that. But once again, that's where Max and Miss Renee come in. They teach me. I have a professional development coach they've hired for me to work with. So just anything, any resource that I've needed, ones that I, I didn't even know I needed, they've helped me with. So it's it's been challenging, but it's been a new journey. So it's fun. And Aretha, I don't want to assume that it was any easier for you because you became a mom throughout that process, but did that help to maybe ease into it a little more? I mean, somewhat. I mean, I think having, like Wallace's story, having served in a leadership role and having served on our board of directors and getting to know Max in a different capacity, seeing the organization through a different lens and being able to have those difficult conversations with me that I was not open to hearing, didn't want to hear about it at all. I was like, this dude thinks I'm not good. But I think just being willing to do that and be a mentor. I had some other mentors on the board at the time that also were you know, working with me and trying to just don't forget that there is another step that you're going to have to take. But then I think also watching them do it, watching other former athletes step into roles outside of track. I think for me, I think kind of do for was it was natural to just automatically think to go into coaching, which is kind of what I was also doing while competing. But then to see that there's this whole other organization that we're in a lot of ways we're closed-minded to it so it's not that it's not there it's just we're not ready to receive it but then kind of seeing it from that lens definitely changed my course and interest in wanting to like get more involved with our organization yeah i think max you made a great point that it's such an individual thing but you know we have a new generation and a entirely new audience here listening to you and you've got the podium here what's your advice to the next generation of athletes because things have changed dramatically the last couple of years with NIL and, you know, social media and all the other tools we have now. What's your advice to that next generation of athletes in making that transition? Yeah, first, I think that you have to understand that life is a journey and we have different phases of life, chapters close and you have to move on. The one thing I've always tried to do, and I didn't know this when I started off, is to develop some kind of substantive skill that I can impact someone's life, an organization, an industry, and culture. 
So you have to start to develop those skills that no matter what you do, no matter where your passion leads you, you're an impact player, right? So you join an organization and you bring value to that organization. The second thing that has never changed, no matter what the climate is, is the importance of relationships and a network. You don't achieve anything great by yourself. People don't open up doors by themselves. Developing a support system and a network is absolutely critical. And one of the things that I try to talk to athletes about earlier in their career is the best time to develop your network is when your profile is the highest, when you have a platform where people know who you are, they're interested in engaging with you. And it may seem like a distraction and it may seem like extra work, but you know, I'm interested in an athlete setting themselves up for 40 years beyond their career, not necessarily on the field of play. So the substantive skills, the network, and the last thing I would really say is, you know, even as Aretha and Wallace come in as executives within USA Track and Field, there's a part of their job that they learn that's both intellectual and, you know, you can read and study, and then you gain this wisdom from experience, right? And so enjoy the process. You know, you can't necessarily jump in there and fix a problem, give someone a roadmap. The beauty of growing as a professional and as a person is to encounter those obstacles. And I see them do it every day. We all take this journey and we have this baggage and this stress, but everything that they did to persevere, to achieve at the highest level athletically, you bring that same mindset to your job. And I find that their learning curve has been accelerated. Their effectiveness is just mind blowing and their ability to not just be individual leaders, but to fit into a team really is second to none. That's a great way to sum it up and take us across the finish line here. Max, Aretha, Wallace, thanks to all of you for joining us. An important conversation, and we appreciate your insight. Thank you for having us. Thanks to Max Siegel, Aretha Thurmond, and Wallace Spearman for joining us. And thank you for downloading Sports Business Journal's SBJ Presents podcast, sponsored by USA Track and Field.